Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC, and we'll end the show today with a conversation about regret and inviting your phone calls. The premise, regret isn't always a bad thing. The question, how have you learned from regret, and how have you let it inform your life? 212-433-WNYC. Why do we ask? Well, a recent article on Vox explores this question, these questions, in a really interesting way. It takes insights from the story of a couple who divorced in their 20s and then reunited more than 30 years later amid their regrets. Quote, forming a healthy relationship with regret means learning to look it in the face, the piece reads. Regret can, quote, clarify a disconnect between who we are and who we want to be, and it can show us how to change. The piece is called What You Can Learn from Regret, and its author Charlie Locke joins me now. Charlie Locke is a freelance writer who often focuses on youth, and also focuses on elders' whole lifespan. Charlie, welcome back to WNYC. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. And listeners, we invite you in. How have you learned from regret? Who has a story? How have you let it grow or mature in your relationships, your work life, or anywhere else in your life? 212-433-WNYC. Who has a story about learning from regret? 212 433 Nine six nine two, And so, Charlie, for most of our listeners who haven't seen your article, you take some lessons about regret from the 50-year story of this relationship shortly after Peter and Shauna Layton got married. Um, Peter picked his bags and moved out of their home in San Antonio, Texas, when they were in their 20s. So how did their marriage fall apart? Maybe start there. Yeah, sure. Their marriage fell apart for uh, for reasons that I think are, are familiar to most people who've been in committed relationships. There were problems around um, around money, around how they should spend their time. They one of the big issues was they bought a car that turned out to be a dud, and they just didn't really know how to work through these issues and be honest and vulnerable with each other. So they couldn't really be upfront with each other about. Uh, what they were feeling and what was going on, and it just kind of fell apart from there. And they were apart for more than 30 years. So how did regret over the divorce from so long ago um, feature in their lives in this long period apart? Yeah, both of them talked really eloquently to me about how they felt a really enduring sense of regret through the time in between as they both got remarried to different people and had children and 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 built lives apart but really wondered what if and and felt that each other had been the great loves of their life and and wondered really if we had if I had been vulnerable if I had tried to make it work what would my life look like now so that thought really stuck with each of them huh. And we'll come back to Peter and Shauna Layton in a little bit, but what does their story reveal more generally about how people experience regret and what causes it? Yeah, I mean, I think a huge issue for for everyone is that there's such a taboo around owning up to regret and being honest about it, both with other people and also with ourselves. We really live in a culture where 
you know, the tagline, no regrets. A lot of people live with that. And there's, um, there's a real taboo around admitting that you wish you had done things differently, that you're imperfect and, and you've made mistakes you wish you hadn't. And I think that having those regrets but not being able to talk about it prevents people from from acting on it. And we can't change the past, but we can really change, use those regrets to change how we act in the present. And so Peter and Shauna really felt that, but felt like they couldn't be honest with each other about it. Um, and then and then later we're able to kind of use that regret to shape what their lives look like now. Yeah, and I guess it's such a taboo or people so talk themselves out of having regrets um, mm-hmm. that we haven't gotten any calls, which is like unbelievable because usually oh, interesting. in this last segment of the show, we do something that's kind of personal in this kind of way, you know, on a lot of days and our lines are always slammed and jammed and so far <laughs> no calls. And we only have one text message. And what does the text message say? No regrets with a wink emoji. <laughs> So, <laughs> so wow. listeners, we will ask you again, um, and I'm just going to lay it out the same way I did at the top of the segment. The premise, regret, isn't always a bad thing. The question, how have you learned from regret, and how has it informed your life in a good way, any aspect of your life, your love life, your work life, anything else, 212-433-WNYC. Who has a story that you want to share and that maybe other listeners can learn from? 212-433-9692. Call or text as we continue with Charlie Locke, who has the piece on Vox called What You Can Learn From Regret. Oh, here they come. Five lines are lit. Six lines are lit. <laughs> Good. So we'll, we'll screen some calls and, and get them on. Um And meanwhile, here is a text that just came in as well. This says, 79 years old and can't seem to overcome so many regrets, especially because so many people have died. I guess so many people they knew and maybe had regrets concerning, I guess. It says they have moved beyond overcoming. So there's there's the other side of this, maybe the more common side of having regrets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard to reckon with this and 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 think about how it can fit into your life today, especially when, you know, we can never change what we did. And it's especially hard to rectify what we did when, uh, when people we feel those regrets about are no longer with us. But I think that you can still think about those regrets. And, and yeah, as, as, as the, um, the texture seems to have done, kind of reckon with it and use it to inform how you live now. And now all our lines are full, and let's take Beth in Brooklyn <laughs> as our first caller. Beth, sometimes people just need a little nudge. Beth, you're on WNYC. Hello. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I was laughing that, like, no one wanted to talk about regret. It's like, oh. But, you know, I was in a eight-year relationship and couldn't say what I wanted, much like the relationship you were talking about earlier, and, and I cheated to get out of it. And I, my biggest takeaway from that was like, God, I wish I didn't treat him that way. I felt mm. horrible. And I used it to inform my life literally forever. It changed me. And so I I don't, I always think like, how do, how would I want to be treated? And I have a lot of respect for regret now. I, I don't have that regret. I understand why I did what I did now. And I 
but I, but I love the fuel that it became for me to be a better person. And so I'm not as afraid of regret because I see like the benefit of the uh-huh. reckoning that you were just talking about. Yeah. Nicely put. Did you say you cheated to get out of the relationship? Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just burn it down. This seems like a good way to get out like of Like you had an affair than, and you told yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And Real, it yeah. was like, it seemed like a viable option, right? Like, I don't know how well, to talk about and, my and feelings. Then, then, so you, then you could say, that. you broke up with me. I didn't break up with you. So, Beth, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was like, it was an option. And I was like, ooh, that's not an option I want to participate in anymore. Ooh, that was a bad option. Ooh. Beth, thank, don't thank be that you person. very much. Even if we don't take another call, that was such a great story, Charlie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, Beth's story is a great example of how you can really regret an action and in her case, cheating, but you can also really learn from that and, and think about that as, wow, okay, that relationship really wasn't working for me, but I felt afraid of, of kind of um, taking on the responsibility of ending it. How can that shape relationships now and relationships going forward? Kind of what does that teach Beth about herself? Here's a caller who I think has a story similar to the one you reported on, Robert in Newark. You're on WNYC. Hi, Robert. Uh, hi there, Brian. How are you? Good. Good. So this story is so much my story. I met my uh, wife in college, and we fell in love and got married. And Well, actually, we lived together for a while and got married. Uh-huh. And the subject of childbirth came up, and I was just embarking on a career. And as opposed to having that conversation with her, I took the coward's way out and just ghosted her, just left. Mm. And I really felt bad, but not bad enough to do anything about it for maybe three or four years. And then I got a, a moment of clarity And I went on this amazing apology tour to all the people and women, for the most part, that I wronged. And um, I went to her and explained to her my situation. And um, but she was pregnant with someone else's child and um, eventually got married to this person. And I remarried. And then 35 years later, her husband passed away and a friend said, you might want to give Jill a call. I gave her a call, and um, we've been together now for the last five years. Wow. That yeah. That is an amazing so story. shaped my understanding about relationships. Uh-huh. And as a man, we usually don't want to confront our feelings, so we, we take the coward's way out, and we run. So another it really gave be- me clarity. Another beautiful call. And how many people can say that in their lives, whether they should have or not, that they ever went on an apology tour, the way that you put <laughs> it. So, Robert, thank you so much for sharing that. That, that was remarkable. Um, and so, Charlie, in the story that you reported on for Vox, how did that couple, Peter and Shana, get back together more than 30 years after their divorce? Yeah, that's so wonderful to hear that story from Robert, too. I'm, I'm curious how many experiences like that are out there. But Peter and Shauna um, got back together in their 50s, so over 30 years later, when Shauna uh, just typed Peter's name into Google and found his photography website and, and reached out and they got coffee and um, 
they were both living in Austin then and um, and kind of were honest with each other about, you know, talking about what had happened between them. And, and Peter said to Shauna, you know, you you were the great love of my life. And a few weeks after that, after reaching out out of the blue, they were dating again. And they've now been married for uh, something like 15 years again, um, happily together again. So for them, a lot of it was being honest and vulnerable about mistakes with each other in a way that they hadn't been able to be honest and vulnerable about that in their 20s. Here's somebody who has a professional life regret that she learned from Susan in Oakland, in California. You're on WNYC. Hi, Susan. Hi. So I am, I'm 83, so I began my career uh, after graduating from college in 1962. So this is about a career path that went from the 60s to the 90s. And I don't know whether it was because I was a woman or it was the times, or, but whatever it was, I just felt that I, I was good and they were going to come find me to promote me. And that was that. And uh, that's the way I went my entire career. And I did not realize that, no, if you want something, you need to be aggressive about it and ask for it. And I will, I'll never regret that. I will regret it. Sorry. I will yeah, always you will regret, regret that. that. Yeah. And have you yeah. passed that yeah. on to women in younger generations or anything like that? Yes, particularly my daughter. <laughs> That's so, a good place to uh, start. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. No, Thank I you. don't talk about. I don't. I don't talk about it a lot, but I have yeah. talked to her about it. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And so, the research scientist you interviewed for your article, Charlie, who studies regret. Um, what were some of the most common types of regret that they talked about outside love relationships? Because there, Susan, with a professional life example. Absolutely. So one of the social scientists I talked to said that the most common types of regret are usually from career and from romance. And that as people get older into their 60s and 70s, often regrets come up around family and around health, too. But that career and especially romantic regret stay really at the top of the list um, throughout life. And you write that... uh thinking about Robert, the previous caller from Newark, that the first step toward coming to terms with your regrets is owning up to them. And maybe that's the biggest takeaway from this whole conversation. If people, you know, want to be able to learn from their regrets in the future to kind of look them in the eye rather than bury them, and then maybe something good can come of it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be honest. If you want to get better about something, you have to be honest about making mistakes now. That's that's the only way to change your outlook today and tomorrow. Here's a different kind of family regret, I think, from Joanne and Edison. Joanne, you're on WNYC. Thank you for calling in. Hi, Brian. Thank you. It's my birthday, so I feel even oh, more special to be on the show. Happy birthday to um, you. <clears throat> Yes, they're uh, 63. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't um, my mom ask. passed away. Well, I could be 36 <laughs> if we reverse it. <laughs> anyway, so 12 years ago, my mom passed one of seven. You know what I mean? Kids, I am Irish Catholic. And uh, they're, you know, my older brother, oldest in the family, wanted to share. And my sister was living there, and she couldn't afford to do it. So my youngest brother, they're 15 years apart, decided, I didn't want my share, Brian. 
I didn't want it. I didn't need it, you know. But my regret is that I took out my youngest brother, who hasn't spoke to me in seven years, and, you know, said, how dare you just put the house in her name um, arbitrarily, illegally, unethically. And yet, to this day, my oldest brother does not speak to me for three years because I took back those really unkind words to the youngest, um, Mm -hmm. even though Timothy has not spoken to me. Um, And so my regret, Brian, is why did I even get involved? I Mm. didn't want to share. I knew my mom wanted that house to stay with whoever needed to live there. And so, Joanne, we're going to end the segment with one more piece of advice from Charlie's article that might apply to you, and that is remember to give yourself grace. Remember to give yourself grace. And Charlie, maybe that's where we should leave it. Yeah, absolutely. You can find Charlie Locke's essay, What You Can Learn From Regret, at Vox.com. Thank you so much for joining us with it. Started some really good conversations. Thanks for having me. And that's The Brian Lehrer Show for today, produced by Mary Croak, Lisa Allison, Amina Cerna, Carl Boiswand, and Esperanza Rosenbaum. Zach Goddard-Cohen edits our National Politics Podcast. Our intern this term is Ethelyn Daniel Schurz. Megan Ryan is the head of live radio, Juliana Fonda, and Milton Ruiz at the audio controls. I'm Brian Lehrer. Stay tuned for Allison.